98.3. London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning, team. Nice to have a company. Four minutes past five. Thursday morning in London town. Last day. Is it the last day? Uh, 30 days past September. April, June, November. All the rest have 31 except February and April. Yes, yeah, so the last day of April. Tomorrow, the 1st of May. And I only mention that so that legally I'm covered when I go back to Marks and Spencer's today and take the exploding probiotic yogurts back, which I think they must have left out in the sun because I brought them in this morning. Oh, before we go any further, good morning, Paul Savory. Good morning, Steve. Uh, I bought six of them. And they're very nice. I thought, I'll bring them in because I'm not going to drink six between now and tomorrow. So they've been in the fridge. So I bring them in and I, and I say to Jim Diamond, look, would you like a yoghurt? So he thinks I mean a proper fruit yoghurt. Mm-hmm. So I said, no, no, no. I said, it's a drinking yoghurt. Probiotic strawberry. Very good. Got all the bacteria. So we went, oh, right. Yeah, I'll have one of those. I really feel like one of those. So I gave him one. And, uh, and then I went back, back to my desk. And then he said to me, he said, oh, it t- tastes a bit fizzy. I said, it's because you've been up late, actually, thinking the last time I drank one didn't taste fizzy. But anyway, <laughs> I was prepared to err on the side of uh, caution. And he said, oh, it tastes a bit like champagne. So, oh, dear. Of course, it never crossed my mind until Steve Campen tried one. And then he said, they're off. Well, yes. It's because they're the... Um, they've had them in the sun. They've had them in the sun. And the, uh, the, the good bacteria inside are breeding. And yes. they've produce gas when they're breathing. Breeding yeah. bacteria. Well, they've started. As you can see, I, I showed Paul one earlier. At the top of it, it looks like it's getting ready to little Mount Vesuvius. It is. It's not good, but it tastes revolting. So I'm debating now how much... Because Jim's on holiday tomorrow. How much compensation... Do, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Well, he said to me, so I'm going to be sitting on a beach in Barbados. I said, well, take a jumper. <laughs> said, because, a panty pad. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it's likely to go through you fairly quickly. <laughs> but anyway, so we've got a lot to get through this morning. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The funniest story appears in one of the papers today on little Jack Tweed, or as we prefer to call him, that convicted thug, uh, who apparently has bumped into Boy George twice in the showers... He couldn't believe it first time, so he went back. And apparently, according to the report, Jack Twee turns out to be a homophobe. So there's a, something else to add to the list, because somebody said he doesn't like that kind of unwarranted attention. I thought, really? I thought you like hanging around with celebrities, Jack. I thought you'd go for that big time. Doesn't matter who they are, mate. I thought you'd hang around with just about anybody. Or is it the fact that your little, uh, your little friends on the outside are a little bit worried about what you're getting up to on the inside? Because I'm assuming... You get done once, you go to prison, you don't want to repeat the experience, because there's a lot of men in there who might want to take advantage. No, Jack Tweed falls for it every time. Let's beat somebody else up and go back in prison again. You love it, Jack, don't you? You really do. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Barbie. Barbie apparently now has tattoos. Barbie? Barbie has tattoos. She's been given a makeover that makes her look like Amy Winehouse. Oh, no. No, that's so wrong on so many levels. The latest Barbie, called Totally Styling Barbie, um, has stick-on tattoos so little pop fans can make them look like Amy Winehouse. Oh, no. Parents have accused makers Mattel of dumbing down. One said, what will they bring out next? Drug addict Barbie? (laughs) Alcoholic Barbie? If this leads girls to get a tattoo, they might regret it for the rest of their lives. Mattel, who said the tattoos give children the chance to be creative is selling the tattooed Barbies in America. The company has twice misjudged public reaction to new-look Barbies, once with an earlier tattooed version and once with a pregnant Barbie. Yeah, you but know about again, this? Well, I don't remember pregnant Barbie. I don't Barbie. remember pregnant Barbie, but um, there's, there's probably a number of people oops, have actually got uh, these because collectors will buy anything. Even if it comes out a limited edition, people will go and buy it, won't they? So a pregnant Barbie. Uh, Ken, of course, uh, went through various 
incarnations, didn't he? he didn't he just? Immensely camp with a floral shirt and a bushy moustache like the village people. How he ever went out with Barbie, God alone knows. Miracle, my mother said. <laughs> just Barbie's best gay friend. Exactly. She was, Barbie was a fag hag. <laughs> We're going to start a rumour. It's an odd thing, isn't it? I don't think Barbie should have tattoos, because I think she, Barbie is classy. And I don't think tattoos are classy. Neither do I. I really don't. And every time I look at the Beckhams, although, I think although, they're not classy. Mm, I have to say, I think it suits some people. Doesn't some people Victoria look Beckham. good She looks like tattoos. trailer trash. And some people, yeah. it doesn't suit. Exactly. Classy. If, if, if you're classy, the one thing you don't have is a tattoo. Barbara Cartland never had a tattoo. How do you know? Well, I'm assuming... Well, certainly not visible. Naked? I mean, have you seen these women where they've got them up the back of their necks? And you think, you're going to be an old woman of 60 and have a tattoo up the back of your neck? What's the point of that? Mm, but a lot of other people will when they're 60. Yeah, but we well, can understand so, blokes having them because they, people had them and it signified you were in the Navy, didn't it? I think. I think that's what the, the village people... I think that's what the village people said anyway. <laughs> but, um, yes. But, but you know, I, I like small tattoos... I haven't got any myself, but but on Would some. Would you like p- a small? See, I always wanted a small one, like you know, sort of little rose or something like that on a shop. But then somebody said it hurts, and I thought oh, I don't do pain. Mm, yeah, I've always wanted one of those. Um, what do they call them? Celtic bands. Oh right, yeah. Celtic band. But I've never got round no. to it. No, I, I don't I'm like these big black things now. that go all the way down your arm and halfway down. Your I think back. small ones are nice, but when you get, you know, covered like a print shop sample, it, it's yeah. not very nice. Time, time you get to poor old David Beckham's state where, you know, the poor bloke's running out of skin as to where to sort of stick the blooming things now. He does look a bit naff, I'm afraid. Mind you, talking of dangerous things, what can you buy on... It's either the internet or eBay. I think it was on the internet. What can you buy that you think to yourself that should never be allowed to be sold? Napalm. Napalm. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. One. A Botox kit. A do-it-yourself Botox kit, complete mm, with hypodermic, geez. needles, and the powder to mix into the Botox. No, I've never heard anything like it in my life. That's bad. 62 quid buys you this kit. You put the... I mean, I can only advise you, if you've never... You know, you should never, ever, ever, ever do anything like that. The only people who self-inject are sort of people who need to. Not, not for vanity reasons. I would never, ever stick a needle anywhere near your eye if you don't know what you're doing. And that's where it's supposed to go. It either goes in between... Or it goes in the corner. You do yourself damage, you'll be blind for life. Okay? And also, you should never buy any chemicals on the internet. The majority of chemicals being sold, medicinal or otherwise, are fakes. You can inject yourself and kill yourself. It's as simple as that. If you're that stupid to buy anything... I get plagued every day with at least two spams saying, get your medicines here, direct from Canada. I Mm. wouldn't buy anything on the internet. But people will. No, I, I I buy things on the internet all the time. Mm. So do you. Yeah. But but you know we buy books, we buy DVDs, we buy CDs. Yeah. Things that are reliable, things that you haven't got, <laughs> yes. got to uh, inject in your body or anything like that. Yeah. No, 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 no. You you don't actually buy anything like that at all, and yet it's you know you you can at sixty two quid, and people who go but Botox is three hundred and fifty. Sixty two is better, I think. You stick a needle, and I've had a look at the needles, and they look like the ones that I use. You stick them anywhere near your body, you're in big trouble, and you've got no comeback to the company who sold it to you. It's your own fault. Well, I've just had a look on eBay to see if other people are looking. You can't buy it on eBay, right? Have you have you tried on tr- try try googling it, see if you can find it. Googling, all right. Yeah. Well, have, go- have you Googled? I'll Google in a second, yeah. not recently. No. Just, to, just to find out, because that'll tell you if it's available anywhere on the internet. So it'll be, what would they call it? Home, uh, 
Home kit for Botox. Home Botox kit. Home Botox kit. Try that one. There we are. Yes, home Botox kit. How much? I don't believe this. What? Where it's from. Where's it? Go on, surprise me. Romford. (laughs) Where's it from? Amazon. Amazon? No, it can't be. Well, it's, it's... It's something strange. I'm just waiting for it to to load the page because right. it seems. Oh right, here we are. Oh no, it's uh, it's. Oh, I see. It's a search engine from Amazon. Right. It's not actually Amazon. Got for that. And it hasn't got. It hasn't gone to uh, to the page to the kit anyway. Oh right. Anyway. Sixty two pounds in the uh, in the papers today. They're saying. As travelblog.org is the, uh, is the mm. thing, yes. Why do earth people want to do this for themselves? It's ridiculous. There was another one that's available on the internet, and this is, uh, again, you should never do it. There was a rather stupid woman on the television telling people, oh, I do it, and it's uh, a drug that you inject into your stomach which gives you a tan. Now, the British government have said, and doctors, do not touch this stuff with a barge pole, but there's incredibly uh, a huge and growing amount of stupid people who want to look like Jordan. Why, I cannot imagine. Jump in a puddle and drag yourself through a hedge, you get the same effect. And what you do with this one, you get the same kit, only it's a dye that you inject into your stomach. I mean, I'm telling you. I know, it's very stupid. You would never put an... Unless you're a drug addict, in which case you're stupid anyway. You know, spray tans are great these days if you you choose the right one. You don't inject it. No, uh, and, um, you know, some beds are fine if you use them responsibly. Yeah. But this is just ridiculous. But people want... I, I listened to Nick Ferrari yesterday, and he was talking about the cream that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was saying, oh, it's marvellous, it takes away wrinkles. And I'm shouting into the radio, listen, this is a PR stunt. Boots have already sold this cream before. Why don't you go back to the women who bought it, the hundreds of thousands of them, and go, has things changed for you? Because I think that women are buying face cream that says it will, you know, uh, reduce wrinkles. And I think they think it's a, it's a, a face job in a jar. Clive Ball did this the other night. Oh, did he? Um, I... I just heard the trail for the programme, so I know he did it, but I didn't hear the actual programme. Yeah, it's silly. You you know, if you want to get rid of wrinkles, you have collagen fillers or something Mm. like that. And you don't go in the sun. And you get them from somebody reliable. Mm. Preferably somebody that's uh, been recommended to you by somebody that's that's used them. I'd never have it. I wouldn't. I would never. Have, I wouldn't inject anything into my eyes. I'd be too terrified that if they make a mistake, I could be blind. Apparently, the DA, DIY Botox kit was on eBay, but they've taken it off. I thought it was. I'm sh- I, I was pretty certain. And then, because the trouble is, they've got so many things being sold on there. Mainly fakes, it has to be said. Mm. Mainly fakes. Uh, listen, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a quick break for the uh, for the news headlines. Find out what's going on. We'll have a look through the papers. I can tell you that uh, one of the papers this morning is doing a bit of mischief. Oh, there's another great story. <sighs> going to love that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this, this story's got legs. Susan Boyle, did she go to Britain's Got Talent, or did Britain's Got Talent go to her? Details coming up shortly. <laughs> News headline. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Thursday morning, LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen with you until 7. Paul Savory's with us this morning. Good morning. A little bit later on, we'll have a chat to Nathan Morley and Roger Foss. Front page of the Daily Star today, they've got some girl uh, who is claiming that uh, David Beckham made a play for her. Well, I'm looking at the picture of this guy who they claim is David Beckham on the front of the Daily Star. It doesn't look like David Beckham. Does that look like David Beckham to you? Mm, a little. A little bit, but it doesn't look... Like David Beckham. I mean, it was it was obviously taken some time ago. Um, this this woman here called. Well, I won't even give her a name because she's one of those. You know, she's a topless kind of thing, and she's obviously desperate for her little bit of fame. And here it is. I mean, she looks quite normal, but then at the back of it, you realise that she's she's quite desperate for her five minutes, which is a shame. I'm more worried about Jim Davidson 
and Brian Dowling, who are going to go face-to-face after the Joker, this is Jim Funnyboy Davidson, apparently, uh, called him a shirtlifter. You remember that Jim was kicked off Hell's Kitchen. Um, and so, um, a t- I think it's either a TV, I think, or something like that, uh, has decided to ask Brian Dowling, who's actually not, not doing anything at all at the moment, to do a face-to-face with Jim Davidson. Who gives us stuff? Oh, Who gives it? Why even give, you know, Jim Davidson any credibility whatsoever? The man's pillock. I'm sorry, I don't want to be rude about him, but, I mean, he's an idiot. He's a dinosaur from the Dark Ages. Yes. Not the even ki- funny anymore. Well, the ki- yeah, exactly, the kind of humour he comes up with is, is very dated now. Yeah. You know, if you had the comedians on, on TV now, which they would never allow... Oh, no. ...because it was racist and, and homophobic and goodness knows what else, but people wouldn't find it funny. Yeah. I still think my, my, the, the funniest line was Omid Tajili. Uh, the, oh. uh, he's the Iranian comedian. I repeated this yesterday, so apologies to those who heard it. And he said, he said, the Iranians, we do not understand your British humour. He said, British humour. He said, there was a Scotsman, an Englishman, an Irishman. He said, in Iran, this is a hostage situation. <laughs> and I thought, it's such a great line to use, and he can get away with it. So what can you not tell jokes about? What can you well, not tell jokes about? if you about? listen to the, uh, to the do-gooders, nothing at all. So it kind of, so that's why French and Saunders have given up, because they say that the political correct brigade have said that, you know, you can't do jokes about... I, mean, I remember years ago, there were jokes about disabled people, there were jokes about, you know, gay people, there were jokes about black people. There were jo- In fact, there, should, there were jokes about just about everything. What does it leave you with? There was a teacup. You know, I mean, how <laughs> now exciting we, now is we that? just get them surreptitiously on the mobiles. You do. I mean, people you'd... that dare send them out. But the trouble is, you go and see some people's shows, you think, you go and see Michael McIntyre, he's very, very funny. Oh, I love him. He's brilliant. I love him. I've seen him the, on the, um, Live at the Apollo. Yeah. Fantastic. Also, there's just him on stage. He just comes on stage, does his little bit backwards and forwards, and, and, and does it, and you think, that, that's actually very clever. Very, very clever. And Jim Davis, uh, Jim Davidson, in his own way, years and years ago, was very funny. He's not really very funny now. Jim Davis? No, Jim Davidson. No, Jim, Jim Davis talks about sex all the time. I've read his blogs. That's all he does is say. I've listened to him on a Saturday night. <laughs> You've going out. To... <laughs> Makes my eyes water. Funniest thing the other day was Kerry Katona addressed the Oxford Union. Wasn't as well <laughs> turned out as uh, they normally had. They normally have a big crowd, but uh, not too many. Uh, where she talked about her bipolar disorder, kept going on about the same old thing. It's a, it's a life long illness. I'm trying to come to terms with it. Sitting in the front was her um, her husband, who just sat there wearing jeans, chewing gum because he's a bit of a thicko. Uh, previous speakers at the Oxford Union have been Ronald Reagan, Mother Teresa and the Dalai Lama. And now they get somebody like that. How they've sunk oh, at the Oxford Union. <laughs> and also, she doesn't have any celeb friends, she's admitted. And uh, She said, I speak to Co- Colleen Nolan a bit, but most of them are up with their own things okay. like that. So she, she just... She, I don't go to celeb parties. They're so fake and superficial. It's amazing how many you've had, isn't it, then, dear? Amazing. You know, the trouble is, you know, the, the, these sort of people, they just tell lies. Lie after lie after lie. Paul. Steve, Venice is getting makeover tips from bigwigs in Middlesbrough. Venice. Venice. Good Lord. Parts of the Italian city are now so run down, officials have decided that they need to take action. They're taking hints and tips from Middlesbrough which has recently undergone a £500 million regeneration scheme. A delegation from Teesside Council made a trip to a conference in Venice, along with Prince Charles and his wife Camilla. A source at the conference said, It seems odd, not many of the delegates have ever heard of Middlesbrough. 
Have you ever been there? No. No, neither have I. No. <laughs> I don't even know where it is. Well, it's in Middlesbrough. It's kind of middle, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what, is count- it- I even know what county it's well, in. What county is it in? I don't know. That's oh. what I just say. It's an embarrassing. Apologies to everybody, I'm afraid, to who lives in Middlesbrough listening this morning, which is not very good. By the way, television has now been told you've got to hire more blacks, more gays and more women. Sounds good to because me. Because they say there aren't enough black people on television, aren't enough gay people. I don't know which channel they've been watching. The BBC is swamped with homosexuals. You can't move. It's a veritable fairyland, ladies and gentlemen, from children's television upwards. Uh, and women. I thought there were loads of women on television. Are there? Have I been watching the wrong programmes? There's Connie yes, Huck there's and Britain. I mean, that's two. How many do you want, for God's sake? That's two, in, you know, in the, in the daytime. But uh, and, and, and black people, there's loads on there. Loads on there. However... They are saying that Top Gear, which is incidentally, if you're if you Kate Moss, has got nothing to do with buying that, uh, should now include Flo Benjamin, Michael Barrymore, and Heather Mills. Floella Benjamin, actually, strangely, from Flo- Play School. Yes, I, I remember Floella Benjamin. Yes. Match of the day could have uh, uh, Professor Stephen Hawking and Jermaine Greer and Anjem Chowdhury discussing the big Premiership games. Channel Four News: all the latest headlines with former Big Brother star and Tourette sufferer Pete Bennett. That, that would make it mildly amusing, it has to be said. And uh, oh, I tell you, actually, talking of strange things, I turned on the telly this morning to see Alan Wicker in a remake of his programme. Yeah. By God, he slowed down a lot. Have well, you seen it? he must it? be about 103. But he's really slowed terribly, terribly slow. And I'm thinking, God, bloody David Attenborough's more lively. Bit of a legend, though, bit of a legend. Uh, and also, how to how to look good naked? They say could now be presented by Joe Brand, as opposed to Gokwan. What's happening with him? Well, you're just shunting him off. Actually, we don't need him. Oh, right. well, quite enough gays on the television. We want another one, thank you. Far better to have a woman who represents the shape of British women on the television. <laughs> oh, doesn't she just? <laughs> Middle, Middlesbrough. Oh, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is up by Sunderland. Sunderland, which I have been to. Yes, I had a friend who came from Sunderland, but I don't know about it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at more pictures of Susan Boyle out and suddenly realising you've been conned big time, I'm afraid, because this woman was doing an interview the other day and uh, she was doing a, a phone-in to an American TV channel when the interviewer said to her, did the show find you or did you find the show? She said, no, no, the show found me. And immediately people have gone, what? Mm. What? Now, this does happen, I can tell you from experience, that I've known them, trawl other shows and look at somebody and go, you. Yeah. And they phone them and say, would you like to come and audition? Well, I smelled a rat the other day because I had an email from a record company in Hong Kong. Yeah. Because you know this is what I do for a living. Yeah. Do I have any Susan Boyle recordings? She's been recording for years. Yes. And uh, apparently there's a lot of recordings out there. And um, they even told me who had them and what she'd recorded before. And they were trying to find them. You see, I think that uh, we've been hoodwinked. I think that what they've done... I mean, nothing illegal in it. I'm just... It's a television programme. It's an entertainment show. What, what they've done is they've seen her... Because 14 years ago, she appeared with Barrymore. And she's been constantly doing things since then. She's been singing. She's been doing all sorts of things. <laughs> and now this one. And I think that she said to her, OK, listen, love, we want you to wear this outfit. Come on stage because, because you're 47, but you look a bit older. So we want you to look a bit older, OK? Trust us. We know what we're doing. And she's gone. So, so desperate is this woman to be famous. So desperate. Because she's already done all the other, the other shows. So she's gone, all right. So they put her on there. She walks on. They all take the mickey out of her. And then she sings. And to be honest with you, clo- close your ears and she ain't that good. 
Closure, sorry, close not closure ears. ears. <laughs> sorry, actually, close your ears. She's brilliant. <laughs> close your eyes and listen to her. She's off key, and this is only on one song. And I said to a friend of mine the other day, I think she's miming on the X Factor. And he said, well, because we know that they are not the S, but Britain's Got Talent, because we know that they've done it before, because previous contestants on other Simon Cowell shows have said they've been told to mime. And I then said, see how long you get of looking at her as opposed to the audience reaction. And the answer is, you don't get very much. She opens her mouth, I dreamed a dream. And there's immediately a cutaway to the audience. It's like a second of her singing... And then they cut to audience shots and Simon Cowell and stupid Amanda Holden and the other people on the panel. And they stand there. And I'm thinking that what they've actually done is say, listen, dress down for this. I've said it before. I'll stand by it. Because it just looks a bit odd. And then she said, they found me. She's been waiting for this for years. So mm. she's now... So this, this makeover she's had is no makeover whatsoever. What it is is she's gone back to looking as she did normally. She never walked around looking like that because she looked, you know, because when they, they said, Simon said, how old are you? And she went 47. And then she did that little shimmy thing. And I thought, oof, dear. And they then cut back to reaction shots. That was designed to get you going, wait a minute, give her a chance. And then she sings and half the audience were tone deaf Well, when anyway. I saw the clip, I did think the, uh, the judge's reaction was a little bit extreme. I staged. So. Yes, staged. It's almost indeed. like, oh my God, she can sing. I'm sorry, dear. This is a talent competition. The people who've got through are either immensely stupid and certifiable and sectionable or they've got a modicum of talent. Believe you me, she's only got a modicum of talent. Mm. You've only got to get on the American... Amanda Holden, though. Oh, I think, I've re- do you know, we, a lot of people have agreed with that. Can't find anybody who likes Amanda Holden. She's dreadful. Dreadful woman, isn't she? I saw her in Thoroughly Modern Millie. She was dreadful in that. I know, yes, I heard... Yes, I've read the reviews, too. Uh, Dee says, I had the same fizzy thing with a Yakult from Tesco. At one time I opened a can of Coke and it was empty. I've, I've done, have you done that before? You try going back. I opened a tin of beans once. I thought it felt a bit light. It came in a pack. I opened it up. There's nothing in it. <laughs> you try going back to a shop and saying, excuse me, you're going to think I'm really stupid, but I opened this up and look, it's empty. <clears throat> Luckily, I'm a very believable person, so I did get my money back. But it's, what do you do if a can of... You go like that and there's nothing in it. You go, hello? And we do that, don't we? It's like you open a can of evaporated milk and they've lied. It's in there. It's evaporated. No, it's still in there. Super glue. Why doesn't it stick to the tube? Questions which you'll be worried about this morning. You know, you take it, it out there. It does stick they... to the tube. <laughs> it doesn't stick it to does. the tube. It, it doesn't. does. It doesn't. It does. Well, how does it? Because it will if you leave the cap off. Well, that just means it solidifies. Yeah, but that's why it doesn't solidify, is because it reacts with the air. Oh, is it? Hmm. Oh, right. Oh, well. <laughs> how do they get those funny bits in the middle of, um... Those, whatever, things with stones in. What do they call them? Things with stones in. Oh, I don't Mountains? know. Greeks eat them a lot. Olives. Olives. And they put little bits in olives. How do they get those in there, well, I want to know? They the stones out and there's a piece in the middle where they stick the bit. How do they get, how do they get lead in pencils? Um, how do they get egg in the middle of that egg thing, which has got the, the pork pie and the cake. egg? Mooncake. <laughs> mooncake. No, not <laughs> mooncake. <laughs> All these things I want to know about. I'm inquisitive this morning. I want to know about that. Listen, we'll take a very quick break. Back in a moment. LBC. Morning, everybody. 24 minutes to six. Steve Allen's early breakfast at LBC 97.3. More than a million and a half uh, podcasts. Thank you very much indeed. Very grateful for that. Just uh, this week. Just this week. Luke uh, Tittensaw. Wept with relief. He was let off jail after a street attack. Used to be in Emmerdale. They fired him, thank goodness, and rightly so. Uh, He and his mates tormented a lad for no reason. He was fired. I hope you never work again. 
I hope you never work again, you nasty piece of work. I'm not surprised you cried. You suddenly realise the enormity of your, uh, of your crime. You go around bullying people, sunshine. You pay the price. You walk into my life on my television, I'm going to knock you very quickly. So uh, he's been fired, but he's not going to prison which is a shame, really. So he's got a suspended nine-month jail term. And there's another bloke in the paper today. He's a person who was... Sorry? There's lots. There's lots, yeah, but this particular one is complaining. He was sentenced to community service and made to wear a fluorescent jacket. He's taken them to court. He said, I don't want to be humiliated wearing it. So they've suspended it. Well, I'll tell you what, lock him up. Do do us all a favour. Nathan Morley, good morning in Cyprus. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Hello, gents. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. Uh, we're okay. We're, we're, we're fighting the daily fight, following the path, you know, continuing the struggle. Yes. But uh, listening to you uh, uh, j- just now about some programme, an actor I've never heard of, no. bullying someone else, has cheered me up no end. Yes. Because I realise that there's more to life than this. <laughs> 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 you know, what leads that? I didn't even know they still did Emmerdale. Yes, Emmerdale it's Farm. still made. It's still made. Wow. I, I quite like it, to be honest with you. Really? Yes, I'm, I'm, wow. a, I'm a bit of a fan. Well, I, I, I do remember it in the in the eighties and the seventies with Jack Sugden and Annie Sugden and uh, yeah. um, uh, what was the old bloke at the uh, the Woolpack called with the sideburns? Oh, do you remember him? Amos Brearley. Nay, nay, Mr. Brearley, nay, nay. <laughs> and, and it was Mr. Wilkes who we all knew was his lover because I mean, because, <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Because they lived together and, and they used to. And, and there was Seth, the gamekeeper, who he liked as well. Yes. Yes, there, were, there, were, there was a great big relationship there, an undercurrent, which, you know, yeah. you had to be smart to pick up on. But well, we all in fact, knew. you didn't need to be that smart. They, they, they were two elderly gentlemen, one who was a little bit camp, and who sort of <laughs> ran the bar, and the other one sort of dressed up in tweeds. I mean, they were quite clearly just a happily married gay couple. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. With that. Even, in in the, even in the Woolpack. <laughs> well, the Woolpack, well known to, to gays who live in the surrounding villages, Is as the best really? place to congregate. <laughs> Ah, so, you see, you you could yeah. be doing you could be doing good business for Yorkshire now. You see, yeah, yeah, a freedom yeah. flag on a Thursday. yes. There's a freedom flag <laughs> on a Thursday. It's, it's, it's only gay one night a week. The rest of the time they have pole dancing. I think Betty goes in there and does a bit of pole dancing. <laughs> it's a hotbed so of vice that place, you know. Well, well the Ambridge. Oh no, that's the Arches, isn't it? What's it yeah. called? Uh, the, it's the, called the, um, um, the, 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 the what's yeah. it called? Beckinsdale? No, it's not called Beckinsdale. Or oh, is it actually thing. called Emmerdale? No, it is called it's it is called Emmerdale, isn't it? I don't know. That's a very good question. Well, the farm the farm is Emmerdale. The farm the the village is called Beckinsale. Uh huh. Okay. Think. We're not we're not we're not hundred percent sure. Beckinsdale. Beckinsdale. Yeah. All right. Beckinsdale. Uh, it's called. Well, I, I have my daily. Well, until recently, my dose of farming uh, with with the archers, of course, which I do like. But they just took it off the radio here in Cyprus after many, many years. I didn't even know it was so still it's, going. It's, oh, oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. Is that the one that I goes? Dun 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 dun. That's right. Yeah. It's still the same music. Sorry. Still the same music. Still the same music. Still the same actors. Dun 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 dun. And then they come in. Oh, I don't know. We've got down farm to do. Like oh, that. yeah, the acting. I, I love being in the car listening to the archers, oh. and, and so, some of the acting is quite questionable at times, yes. you know. But but it, but it is lovely if you're in a traffic jam. <laughs> it's Hugh Broom's favourite programme. Is it? Probably. Is it? Well, man of fine taste. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's been going for such a long time. It's been going nearly as long as I have. I think it actually started in 1954. Not quite as long as I have. It's been not as quite as long. It's, a, it's an infant in comparison to you. We, and we, we think it's earlier than 54. Oh, I seem to remember it was 54. 
Um, I don't know why that date sticks yeah, in my mind. I do 1950. remember... Was it 1950? 1950, the 29th of May, to be exact. I remember it well. Wow. Long, okay. Seven years before I was born, but anyway. Wow. Wow. Well, there you go. So, what, what's that? In, in, in old currency, that's nearly 60 years it's been on the air. Used to be a guy called Walter Gabriel in it. Walter Gabriel. Walter Gabriel. Okay. Sh- I, can't, I can't do his, his voice, but he sounded really old. I, I had no idea what he ever looked like, but he sounded very old, because my parents used to listen to it. Oh, right? he's I still in it. He's still in it. Well, he can't he? be. He must be 200. No, he still sounds very old, like a dinosaur. <laughs> I know, my lovely. I, 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 That's are you coming in for your tea yet? I like all that. Oh, well, he, well, first of all, he was about 70 when I first listened. <laughs> must be 150. <laughs> Yes, they, they, they do amazing things, uh, BBC radio actors. They yeah. never die. <laughs> never die. They just move on and present television programmes. <laughs> That's right. But, How lovely. Uh, yeah, that little pleasure in my life, sadly, and many people in Cyprus here, we sadly lost that uh, yeah. programme recently. So, so uh, but the, I, I can't listen to things on the internet, you know, sit there and download them or listen no. on a player on the internet. I, I don't have the the span to sit there in my office doing that. So, sadly, uh, the, the Archers is a long-lost pleasure now. Yeah. It's a shame, really, because uh, over all the, the years, there have been so many different radio programmes and different radio highlights, and um, it's amazing how radio touches people's lives. We've all mm. got something that we listen to on the radio, and, mm. or a person, and, and then you see them and you think, oh, you don't look at all as I thought you were going <laughs> to yes. bump into me and are terribly disappointed. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I would imagine they are in your case. Yeah, <laughs> People who've actually made appearances, Britt Eklund, Humphrey Littleton, Annika Rice and Dame Edna Everidge. <laughs> Yes, and... Uh, it's on Wikipedia, so we're not taking it exactly... Terry Wigon. Ter- Terry Wogan was on there years ago, was I remember. He? Yes, yeah, he was opening something. Um, uh, and, uh, oh, there was somebody famous recently. I think it was that, that cook who swears a lot. Gordon um, Ramsay? Yeah, yeah, I think he, it was him. Or, or, one, or, or, the, or the other one, the one with the baby face who's very irritating. Um, well, one, one of them was one? on there. The one with the baby face who's very irritating? Uh, the, the Oliver bloke, the Jamie Oliver. Oh, Jamie you know, Oliver. Yeah, it, it was one of them. I remember yeah. they had. He came to open the 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 um, Ambridge Fair, oh. and I was very excited. Stephen Fry's been on it as well. <laughs> Stephen Fry. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. That it's, surprise a, it's the same as LBC. If you go through LBC's history, the amount of celebrities and in inverted commas who have presented programmes, the list is endless. Because we were, we were one of the... In fact, we actually pay a lot better than the BBC. Uh, <laughs> because the BBC doesn't, doesn't pay particularly well, so people came to commercial radio. And we had loads of people. Parky was in here the other day. Yeah. He appeared with, uh, with Petri. And, of course, he used to present a programme on LBC. I remember um, Michael Parkinson on LBC, yeah. yeah. Many years. Yes. Rough Northerner. And Anne Diamond used to present a programme, of course. Yes, in the mornings. Bella yeah. Remberg. Yeah. yeah. Bella Remberg. Did Bella Remberg? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bella this morning. I don't know if you Covered know. for me. Covered for me. Oh, that's fantastic. So did Peter Stringfellow. <laughs> oh, loads of people throughout the years. Who could yeah. get to cover for Steve Allen? Bella Remberg. <laughs> that was just inspired. I mean, was somebody on the source when they came out? <laughs> my, my, my producer, in fact, did have a drink problem. And, um, oh, there you go. Well, in fact, the funny thing was with, with Bella, she started the programme, it was six o'clock at night. And they gave her her first guest, and the guest would last half an hour. Mm. She did two minutes, and then she went, thank you very much indeed. And the producer went, you've got more to do. And she said, I've, I've run out of questions. <laughs> and they went, well, you, you've got to keep going. For how long, she said. And he said, till half past. 
which was another 28 oh. minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very... De- people think, you know, it's dead easy, you just walk into radio and you sit down and chat, which, of course, is what nah. people, we make it look easy. Uh, but, in fact, there's far more to it, the, the preparation and the, the teamwork um, behind the scenes. The, 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 the boredom... The boredom is a problem with me on, on the radio, as I think I've mentioned before, sitting in a studio for two hours. Listen to somebody I, else's I, show, then. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I heard that. Watch it. I know, I heard it, your too. Card's, your card's marked. How rude, Nathan, how rude. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> no, yes, we do. No, I, I, I find being in, in a confined space for, for, for a while a problem now, mm. especially doing the, doing the evening radio programme. And... Uh, <laughs> So I have to I have to wander out the studio every now and again to have a cigarette. Um, not just and for a, a cigarette. Wander down the corridors and you know maybe into the office or the newsroom. What sort of chat show is it? Sorry. What sort of chat show is it? Well, a very um, a very badly put together. <laughs> you just walk out the studio and go for a walk down the corridor. Say to guests yeah. for five minutes oh, while I go yeah. for a wander. Dear me. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, uh, I, I just can't sit in the, the, these big big old studios anymore. And and um, the other day, uh, I was in there and the air conditioning system broke, and it must have been about forty degrees Celsius. And I went on the air and I said, "Well, look." Um, well, we, have, we do have a very busy programme for you, but you won't hear me talking very much. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was on pre, it was pre-taped. I kept coming back with my stopwatch. Wow. You know, yeah, I know it's 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 crackers. I should I shouldn't really say these things on the air, should I? You know, that's not that's not very professional. Well, actually, well, I I always talk to people about you know the air conditioning or this and that because people like to know. Well, I was just rubbish, and bearing in mind we're in Nicosia where it's blooming hot. Mm. So, so I mean, when the air conditioner packs in there, because it's one of these central systems across the whole building, which is enormous. I mean, there's about 2,000 employees there. Wow. When it goes down, it goes down the whole bloody thing, and I get very irritated by it. But that's funny. Had you ever, actually, changing the subject, had you ever heard of a pregnant Barbie? No, I haven't. No. Apparently, it was, it was available from FAO Schwartz, and I think it was a baby Barbie. It was just called Baby Barbie, and you could take the baby out... As well. Oh. That, that's just quite sick, I think. Well, that's it's just... highly collectible, Angela tells me. Wow. Well, Angela would know. Yes. I... She would know. I would I think mean, so. I mean, has she tried eBay? What, to find one? I don't know. Yeah, is she after a baby Barbie? Pregnant huh? Barbie. We'll, we'll have a quick look. It'd be funny if there's <laughs> one on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you see pre- plenty of pregnant Barbie-type people on Twickenham High Street, surely. Oh, or those know. who are pushing chairs. Well, there are a put... lot. People. There are a lot of people pushing pushing chairs and prams around there, which is a bit of a shame. But never mind. I thought we were going to mention my fantastic new job. Oh well, I, I didn't want. I was sort of going to save it for the last thirty seconds of the program, so you could mention. Oh right, it. okay. This Go is on, another then. job for Nathan Morley. Go on. Yeah, not 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 a, not a normal job. A job which comes with a great deal of prestige and honour. Yes. And obviously, I'm excited. Uh, Mr. Chaz is excited. Because uh, it is a breakthrough in broadcasting in so this it country. Yes. It's a breakthrough. It's yes. revolutionary. And um, uh, I've been uh, chosen and asked to provide the commentary for the Eurovision Song Contest here in Cyprus. <laughs> and, That's uh, fantastic. I know. I know. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so on the, <laughs> I know. I, I, Shouldn't I, take I, you very I, long, then, should it? Well, I just hope I'm not in the studio. <laughs> she might. Some songs might get mentioned, but um, it's on the 16th yeah. and uh, Saturday, the 16th of May, 
and it will be the first time that Cyprus has had commentary, dual commentary, in Greek and English. So you'll li- watch one channel, yeah. you see, you'll get it in English, one in Greek anyway. Oh. Uh, so I've been asked to do it in English, and it, and it should be an enormous... It should be enormous fun. Very prestigious. Very prestigious. To be honest with you, uh, th- th- I mean, I, I say that and I'm being deadly serious because a friend of mine did it for the Austrian jury, uh, mm. a woman called Telia. Mm. And uh, she loved doing it. And she would go, these are the results of the Austrian jury. <laughs> and it was so lovely. As you would expect. As you would expect. And you'll be the same. <laughs> the same. These are the results of the, of the Cypriot jury. Well, actually, I won't be doing the results. Oh. I will be doing the commentary for the domestic audience. Oh, how boring. I really... I really so, 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 so the, what, the, how dull is that? Oh, go the away, Wogan you boring old windbag. I'm not remotely interested. I thought you were doing the proper thing. It is proper thing. Well, it's not. It's what, it's what Wogan does. I'm there between the songs, you know... I'm sorry. Uh, Terry Wogan, Nathan Morley. Yeah, I know. It's not working. It, it does work. It does work, because I, al- I also have a cardigan. <laughs> I also have a cardigan, and oh. I'm thin on top. And in it, actually. And in it as well, yes, exactly. <laughs> then it moved down the body, but there you go. Part of everything. Oh, well, is that, well I'm, I'm impressed now, just, just for the cardi, and, I'm, and I wish you all the very best. Well, let's see if we can make it through the afternoon on that. And, Let, you let's know, see, see how it goes. And I was told it goes some... on to one in the morning, so yes. I don't know if we'll get that Can far. you send us uh, some, some links? Oh, certainly, yes. Please. Yes, I will. Yes, you absolutely. And, uh, you can actually listen to it over there, I would imagine, if you've got a satellite or something. Yeah, I'm kind, I of, mean, busy. Th- kind of busy, uh, Nathan, OK? Look, you've got a choice here, Graham Norton or me. Yeah, well, he wins. All right, off you go. Talk to you next week. Sort yourself out. <laughs> get, a grip. Yeah, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing the Cyprus jury on us. <laughs> well, I can always try. Exactly. Have a good week. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs> there he is, Nathan. We love him to bits, actually. 14 to 6. 7.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. 12 minutes to 6. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Our thanks to Nathan Morley. Love I can't wait. I hope he's going to send us some nice uh, links. We can have some click-throughs. Paul. Steve. Uh, bakers are locked in a pie war yesterday oh. after a Devon firm poached the top award for best Cornish pasty. Oh. The bun fight erupted when judges picked the winner, a pasty uh, from Chuck in Devon, in a blind tasting at the British Pie Awards. You didn't even know they were, did you? Um, Cornish or pasty. <laughs> well, could be there. Presenter. Ooh. Get free samples. Yes, you're right. Anyway, Cornish pasties. pasty makers wanted the ruling overturned and threatened to boycott the event in the future. They claimed the true Cornish pasties, which earn them over £60 million a year, wow. can only come from the duchy. Of Cornwall, that yes. is, of course. Anne Muller, the lizard pasty shop in Helston, said, why don't they just call them Devon pasties? They're happy to call their cream teas Devonshire. Stop messing about and don't forget where the border is. Mm. They're not happy. You, you have all these pasty shops all over London, uh, generally run by people who look as though they've never even been to Devon in their entire life. And I have to tell you, they're horrid. I tried one a short while ago. I had one a couple of months ago, and I was violently sick. Yeah, it just... They, they don't... I don't know what the definition of a good pasty is, but the ones we used to have in Fleet Street were... De- the pastry was right, everything. These are just mass-produced rubbish things that they're well, selling at stations. It's got to be short-crust pastry. Yes. It's got to have swede in it and potatoes. Did I... I never used to eat swede. I've started eating swede. Why are you getting these coffees? Hopeless, honestly, today. Her mind wanders. It's gone off dancing. You know, one minute she's there, the next minute she starts decorating the blooming walls. It's hopeless. It really is. We've got sort of fuzzy felt farm and fuzzy felt post office going on next door. That was was, uh, invented in the village I live in. What, Fuzzy Felt Post Fuzzy Office? Felt. Do you know, I used to live for Fuzzy Felt. So did I. Live for it. Well, it was of our era, wasn't it? Not only that, do you remember those nice books you could play with in the bath? 
that had the serrated edges. The scissors that cut them, obviously, were yes. serrated. And they were... I don't know what sort of books they were. Books you could play with in the bar. Have you seen the... Cloth uh, books. Have you seen the packs of scissors they sell in Costco? Oh, God, yes. That, that have all the different serrations oh, yes. on them. Absolutely Fantastic. ideal for kids, provided you're some. supervised, did I you? I bought some. I have no idea what I'm going to do with them, but I bought them. And you could do serrated edges and... Yes. How nice. <laughs> uh, Tracy <laughs> in Stonely. Says, uh, I listened to your podcast on Tuesday, talking about French and Saunders. Thank you for podcasting, incidentally. Million and a half downloads. Very happy. I remember seeing them for the first time on the Tube on Channel 4. They were pretending to be part of the studio audience, acting in a particularly radical way, which got them first noticed. Mm. Love it. You're not, you're not a big, big, big fan, are you? No, I'm not. No, OK. <laughs> uh, Bryn and Annie, morning. Annie cannot make up her mind whether to kill me or divorce me, says, I'll let you know. My Jaguar dealership, my Jaguar dealership, invited me to see a collection of Jags and Bentleys. They were doing special deals on, and I decided to go as I like to look at lovely cars. Annie's final words to me were, we don't need a new car, and if you buy one, I'll kill you. <laughs> yes. Well, we got an email yesterday. Obviously, the, um, the car dealerships are desperate. We got an email yesterday from our local BMW dealer offering us five years free servicing if we bought a car. Five years? Wow. Well, Bryn, Bryn goes to have a look at the cars. Having, you know, in, in his ears are ringing Annie's words, we don't need a new car. He says, I fell in love with this glorious pearl beige 2.7 diesel executive top-of-the-range Jag, and I had to have it. Oops. You see, pearl beige is lovely. I like that as well. I persuaded beige. her to come for spin to see if she liked it. What did I do? I bought the blooming thing. So if you don't hear from me anymore, he said, I'm either dead or divorced, whichever is the least troublesome. <laughs> Probably dead. How lovely. <laughs> pearl beige. One of my favourite colours. I love pearl beige. Looks very nice in, in Bentleys as well. Pearl beige, it has to be said. Uh, Steve, are you lusting after Susan Boyle? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not my kind of thing at all. Uh, a lot of people are telling me about uh, pencils made in two halves and stuck together. Apparently. That's what they're saying. Really? Yes. Not what it said earlier when I looked. Yeah, well, how did it say? They, they, they got the I'll lead in the pencil. again now. Oh, OK, so just while you're doing that, uh, Middlesbrough is the place where Prince Charles went and opened a factory, uh, which I do not remember. I mean, how do you, you can't remember everything, can you? Uh, thank you for all the jokes about swine flu. Already they're doing the rounds, but we're heading into a pandemic. Uh, Steve, I've also been to Middlesbrough. I can't remember where it is. North. There was an amazing restaurant that was in a courthouse. You could have your dinner and the dog. Thank you, Dee, very much indeed. Lynn reckons, having always applied cream to my face, I have the softest wrinkles ever. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing you could... I mean, where do people think these wrinkles are going? What, what annoys me is that people... All they hear is, you know, reduces wrinkles. And people, I'm, think, I'm sure, think this is going to be a facelift in a little squeezy tube. Not for 20 quid, it ain't. Not for 20 quid, it ain't. The pencils are made in two halves, though. Oh, they are? Absolutely right. Oh, yeah. right. Heavens above. Uh, Alan in Dalston Village says Jim Davidson was in a Masonic Lodge. Doesn't surprise me. I think... Actually, you'd be surprised how many people are in Masonic Lodges. There are lots and lots of them. Lots and lots of them. And the Masonic Lodge is not that far from here, the one in London, just up by Covent Garden. Well, there's lots of them, as well. Yeah, but not. this is the big temple. This is the huge one. Right. It's absolutely enormous. It's just down the road from where, where Cats was on. And it's huge. Absolutely huge. Uh, pasties are made with 100% lard, pastry, beef and veg. It's uh, somebody's job to put the pepper in the olive, says Ian in Hampton. Pepper in the what? Pepper in the olive. You know, you get a little, oh, that little bit of olive. red or yes, green or yes. something. I can't or, eat or olives. garlic. I can't, um... Oh, I love oh dear, I yes. can't do them. I really can't. And, um, 
Tony wants to know, I've got loads of Peppa Pig episodes on Sky Plus and my daughter. Should I delete them to minimise the risk of contracting swine flu? I want to rename it. Can we call it Mexican flu, seeing as it started over there? Just keep quiet about that. You'll have the government round there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Keep very quiet at the moment. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, steve, why can't Nathan, li- Nathan listen to the Archers in Cyprus anymore? He didn't say why. I think because they've just um, taken it off. I think for, for, no, for no reason... Um, Jack says they just roll the hard-boiled egg up in the uh, the mushed pig meat and put breadcrumbs over it. No, sadly not, Jack, you see. That's the trouble. They don't do it like that because it's not a normal egg. They make the egg in a long tube. So, that, in other words, every slice of gala pie has got egg in it. So it's not, it's not really proper egg. It's what they call reconstituted egg. It looks good, but that's why each time you slice it, you get a slice of egg, because it's a long... Tu- if you actually break the pie off it, you will discover it's a long cylindrical tube of egg. Mm, Go on, yeah. you, you type it in there. No, I don't believe pork, it. Pork and egg pie. No, I don't believe it, because you do get the ends of the egg sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's just pretend. What, you're pretending? No, they're actually pretending. They're pretending. It's not really proper egg. Of course it's proper It's reconstituted. Listen, not. I'm telling you, we have egg in our, our last canteen... They used to do scrambled egg in the canteen, and it was powdered egg. It was powdered egg. It was powdered egg. Yeah, but that's scrambled egg in the canteen. We're talking yeah. about pork pies here. But this, you check, listen, you were wrong on, on lead in your pencil. You're going to be wrong no, on I egg. No, I didn't. I said it was graphic. Graphite. <laughs> graphite. You're going to be wrong on this, I'm telling you. And it's not poisonous egg. to suck your pencil either. Well, I wouldn't want to suck a pencil. Well, we had kids did. at school who chewed the end of the wooden pencil. I know, but it's graphite. Oh. If it were lead, then it would be. Really? Oh, yes. Dear. But it's not... It can't be good, though, lead, can no, it's it? not recommended. Years ago, it killed women. Don't make a meal of it. Yeah. Well, actually, put it this way, nowadays, they wouldn't be allowed to put it in a pencil if it was dangerous. And if you remember, pencils do not carry a health warning. They used to years ago, but they don't now, because they used to put paint on the around? outside. Oh, yes, yes. The, do you the remember? Ones, particularly the, the ones that came in from China. That's right, yes, because the right. paint was lead-based, but that's they don't right. put that now because it's all changed. So, in fact, you could probably eat a whole pencil, although, unfortunately, you couldn't eat one of those yogurts. Uh, which has got the fizzy taste to it. They're making a film about somebody very famous, but quite tragic. And I'll give you a clue. Her song went... She was the singing nun. Janine Deckers. Janine Deckers. And her famous song was called Dominique. Dominique. She was a lesbian nun. And... What? She... She was. You have to throw that in. Well, because she was because Channel Four, strangely enough, did a documentary on her. She Gosh. ended up killing herself. Yes, in a lesbian yes. suicide. Pack. Yes, absolutely. But she had this one hit single, this one hit single. Strange, isn't it? And they're yeah. going to make a. Why are you laughing? You're going to make a film about her. Nothing. <laughs> if you look, poor woman. Yes. If you look at the picture here, it does look like a man in a castle. It does look. It, it looks know, like you know, nuns know, on roller skates in does. Los Angeles or wherever it is. It is true. And do you remember last week on the program, ladies and gentlemen, that um, that we were talking about bath cubes, bath cubes, and Paul found them on the internet. So I'm now the proud possessor of about fifteen hundred bath cubes. Rose, Lily of the, the Valley, Lavender. <laughs> he says, you will use them. He said, they're not just for decorative purposes. <laughs> As if. Of course you I'm going to use them. them into earrings or I'm something. going to be crumbling these in my bath water later. Because Don't do all of them at the same time, because no, I'm no, sure no. it'll set solid. I'm going to use... <laughs> imagine, we'll never get it down the plug hole. I'm going to be doing lavender later. Don't get you out of the bath. 
So I drove down to my brother's yesterday. That was a nice little drive in the sunshine. It was lovely. Was and I, and I bought some Marks and Spencer's rolls, just so well I never took the blooming probiotic yogurts. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari this morning. He's with you after the news at seven. Julia Hartley Brewer is going to be looking at the papers. They're going to be talking about Gordon Brown's humiliating defeat in the Commons over the Gurkhas. And uh, every secondary school in Waltham Forest will be carrying out stop and searches. So do you mind your kids being searched? The answer is, now that they've told them they're carrying out stop and searches, the kids are not going to be taking knives into school, are they? But the big guest is Sir Michael Caine. He'll be with Nick Ferrari on breakfast this morning after the news at seven. It's LBC 97.3. In the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre, this is Hugh Broom. Good morning. If you're heading for the M40, all lanes are now open both ways up at Junction 7 at Tame after the earlier accident. Lorry went into the central reservation uh, and was uh, blocking two lanes both ways. That has all cleared. Elsewhere, all pretty quiet on the roads. Problems on the rails, though. For the tubes, the district line has severe delays now, westbound only, between Upminster and Earls Court. So after some earlier overrunning engineering works, there are minor delays on the rest of the district line. And on the trains, National Express East Anglia have got a signalling problem affecting services between Shenfield and Liverpool Street, and they're telling us that there's going to be delays there of up to 30 minutes, I'm afraid. So 30-minute delays if you're heading into town from Shenfield into Liverpool Street, and that's affecting all services. Your next update's in 15 minutes. LBC 97.3 Travel with Confused.com. For car insurance, the choice is clear. LBC 97.3. London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Actually, I must find out from Hugh Broom later, because yesterday I got my train, and they were faffing around Barnes uh, with, I think, some signals there. And as I walked out, Hugh said to me, said, you're going to have delays... Uh, because they're delayed at Barnes, and we did have delays at Barnes, and we sat there half an hour late, normally in at about eight o'clock, and yesterday about half past eight. Everything you want to know, incidentally, on the uh, swine flu, the latest news, the spread of the virus, uh, the questions and the answers, if you want to know. There's also a map of, of all the locations of all the cases around the world, both suspected and confirmed, and there's a video from 1976, from America, warning the public to get a swine flu injection in case of an outbreak. If you just go to lbc.co.uk, all the details are on there. So some very useful information on swine flu on the LBC website. I wonder how it affects, um, if they were sort of urging people, Paul, this is Paul Savory, by the way, Morning. To, get a, to get a jab. I wonder how that affects diabetics. I'm always curious about these things. I'm always know. curious. I'm sure you can find out from, your, uh, from the NHS Direct. Yeah. Or uh, from the NHS website. There's, there's um, full-page ads in most of the papers this morning, mm. and uh, there is information on nhs.uk. Uh, right. Strangely, not co.uk, but just nhs.uk, or direct.gov.uk forward slash swine flu. OK. I do think, though, however, that it is a little bit... Blown out of you think they're going over, over the top? I think so. Um, I told you down in the office earlier on, what, what really amazed me was the BBC's reporting of this on Monday, hmm. where uh, they did a piece that said that uh, in Hong Kong they had installed um, machines that measure your temperature when you come through the airport, and these things have been in place since the SARS virus. Hmm. They're nothing new. They have not never been removed... And people that go to Hong Kong know that they've been there, so so that, you know, their reporting of it was rather misleading, to say the least, I think. Hmm. Interesting. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
Uh, one here. Uh, it says, if you check your email box, you'll see I wrote you and said the people being conned by programmes like X Factor, Britain's Got Talent. And this morning you've said exactly the same thing. Remember the young boy who sung the Michael Jackson song? Well, we know he's been performing on stage for ages. Oh, and we know, we, we've been pointing out to people that he's professional. And I'm also telling people this morning that I think Susan Boyle is a semi-professional singer. All she's looking for is that vehicle, that television programme. I think it's, it's carefully contrived television. But at the end of the day... They're making a programme. They're making a programme to get an audience. How they do it is their business. It's like people who make radio programmes. How they get an audience is their business. And that's, that's how it works. It's, you know, sometimes we don't like it. I turn on and I, I know I'm being manipulated by certain programmes. You know, I'm, I don't certainly believe it when they all sit there grinning, going, hey, it's a really great day today. I'm thinking, oh, shut up. Go away, you silly little <laughs> turnips. Drives me mad. Uh, Noreen says... Uh, I hope Dawn enjoys her gigs tonight and Saturday. Please, she says. I thought we went to a lot, but Dawn exhausts me. I mean, Dawn goes to gigs... I mean, like, at the moment she doesn't have a computer, so she can't, she can't reply, but she knows. She says, I think Diane and Elstree has got a plan for a bank holiday Monday. She said, I can't think what it is. A bank holiday Monday? I know, people keep saying to me, mm. 25 days, bank holiday Monday, and I keep going... I'm, I've got something in my diary there. Have you? Hmm. Strange enough, quite a few other people have, which is very interesting. Uh, 84850, uk. What is the preoccupation with the pursuit of the fountain of youth, men and women paying crazy money for cream to remove wrinkles? Um, because people want to look young. But this goes back... Thousands, thousands of years. Thousands of years. Thousands of years. They, of years. Cavemen and women were doing this. People don't like the march of time, do they? No. It'd be nice if it went backwards, wouldn't it, the other way? If you started old and got younger. Became an embryo. <laughs> it became no. embryonic. <laughs> One minute doing a programme, <laughs> I go, go home now. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to work, is it, really? No. But that, that's what it is. People do want to go out. However, if you want to stay young, keep the body hydrated, fit, eat naturally oily fish from time to time, smile... Uh, more clinically proven that all ailments are eased with a positive attitude. Actually, I tell you what else is very good: getting angry about things because that gets the blood pumping around your body. The worst thing you can do is just sit there in, in a chair staring into the distance. Got to get up and do something. A running machine's pretty good as well. Oh, I think I could have the energy to get on a running machine. I'm having one delivered today. Really? Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC UK. Thank you, Conrad. If you think I'm repeating that one, you're another mistake. <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, there we are. Sorry to send another email, says Brit. No, never be sorry. But Jim Davison is a past master of Chelsea Masonic Lodge. Chelsea. He says, I know because I've been Toastmaster of their banquet for 10 years. It's a huge showbiz lodge. And during the nearly 100 years of its history, it's had dozens of uh, names in entertainment. Freddie Parrotface Davis. Remember Freddie Parrotface Davis? Of course I do. I, say, I can't remember how he did it now. I can't do it, but it doesn't work for me. Um, Joe Pasquale. And, of course, current King Rat, Graham Cole. Uh, other people, Roger DeCourcy, Burt Whedon. And uh, in the past, one of the real leading lights of the Lodge was a great radio and vaudeville singer, Izzy Bon. Izzy Bon? Do you remember Izzy Bon? See, I remember the I name. Re- I certainly remember the name. Yeah. And I believe they meet at, uh, at a Freemason's Hall in Great Queen Street, which is the headquarters of Freemasonry, which, by the way, is not a secret society. It's a society with secrets. I know, because I know lots of... Uh, in fact, a friend of mine who isn't, who isn't with us anymore, he was, he was working his way up through masonry. You've only got to mention masonry, and people go, secret society. And then somebody will go, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a society with secrets. <laughs> Phil says the gala pie sold in Sainsbury's has individual eggs. I bought a big chunk and found... Ah, you see, you're buying it in a... In a sli- you've bought a slice. 
of gala pie. You've not bought a whole one. If you buy a whole one and it's sliced off, like in the, uh, like the butchers. No, 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 no. The pieces you're buying, no, I'm sorry. I'm telling you, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing over it. All right, we're going to take a short break. I'm not arguing. York's Theatre, with the Society of London Theatre and TKTS. Official half-price ticket booths at Leicester Square and Brent Cross. Excellent. Still to come, the making of the gala pie <laughs> and the eating of a lot of humble pie by Mr Paul Savory. Because never, we've, we've taken <laughs> Because we'll come to that in a moment. I can't wait. <laughs> As you can see, I'm chomping at the bit on this one. I did say to, to Paul, I said, if you're wrong on the gala pie, it'll be clothes off and walking down the Charing Cross Road. And I shall be phoning my friends, the police, and uh, we shall be letting them know. Anyway, also, still to come... Uh, exactly. <laughs> Fears for the people working on this morning. Are they going to be axed? Uh, the truth of the matter is, they're not. But people might have their money cut, which is, which is no, no big, uh, big shame. Anyway, joining us now is our favourite man at the theatre. Here we are, sitting in the front row. And, in fact, uh, even Paul Savory went to the theatre the other day at short notice and managed to get tickets for Priscilla. So, uh, he had a nice night out, sort of. Roger Foss. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Steve. Yes, I'm glad uh, Paul had a great night out of Priscilla, because I had a fantastic afternoon out yesterday at the opening matinee of Shout, this uh, 1960s show. So, I feel as if I've walked into a 1960s time warp. PVC, little mini skirts and boots. Yeah, that's me. Yes, well, I, do you know, I was going to say, and what was everybody else wearing? <laughs> well, Sue Pollard wore something rather boring. <laughs> Dear. <laughs> in comparison. That's not normal for Sue. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I, I was watching her in the show and, uh, you know, coming on in all these amazing 60s, brightly coloured frocks and things and amazing wigs. And uh, the last time I saw her was in, in the Daily Mail where she was caught out shopping in Islington, wasn't she? Yes, Do you remember that yes, picture where oh, they said, definitely. oh, you know, she's, got, she's wearing this rah-rah skirt and funny old jacket and strange tights and green leg warmers and a, a dog collar <laughs> and red rim glasses. And I thought, well, that's just normal for yes, Sue Yes, it's Pollard. quite normal for Sue Pollard. I mean, I've, from, well, <laughs> you know what, she doesn't, she doesn't dress for effect. She dresses just how she feels. Oh, absolutely. And good luck to her, too, because... Uh, she stars in this show called Shout, which is, a, well, I suppose the, the ultimate 1960s jukebox musical. It's a swinging 60s show, and it's just full. Oh, yes, it's got Shout in it. It's got um, Downtown in it. It's Petula Clark. It's got, oh, every to Sir with Love. Something, oh. like, I think it's 40-odd songs in it. Lovely. Um, from Alfie to... Those were the days these boots were made for walking. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, amazing trip back down memory lane for anyone who was brought up in the 60s, really. Or, or even people who just buy it now because they are the biggest sellers, these, uh, these albums, with all these hits on. Because we all remember that and we know all the words. Well, they, you do. And actually, one thing about this show is that it does remind you that that decade produced some of the most fantastic yes. songs. I mean, you don't get those great big power ballads now, you know, mm. the sort of stuff that Tony Hatch would write or that Petula Clark would sing, you know. I mean, just fantastic, as well as all the poppy stuff, like Bobby's Girl and what have you, you mm. know. So I, I think that that's one of the great kind of things that you get from this show, which is, uh, is pretty long, I've got to say, and also it's all strung together. It's about three girls who come down to London and, and, and from the north, from up north and stay with auntie played by sue pollard who's a hairdresser not quite vidal sassoon but 
<laughs> nevertheless, she's a hairdresser in Peckham. <laughs> and, um, and it's all strung together with Shout is the title of a, a magazine. So you get these, these 1960s ads and uh, things like You're Never Alone with a Strand. And, um, <laughs> there's a cigarette. That? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, the guy who had the cigarette. I, did, I thought that was... Was that in the 60s? I suppose it was, wasn't it? I think 50s, um, 60s. I, I, I can only remember... I remember seeing cigarette machines on walls. And strangely enough, London... I mean, nowadays you wouldn't dare put that up because they'd be ripped off the walls by the mindless vandals that we have roaming our city. Yes, But in those right. days you could have a little cigarette machine on a wall. It could be all battered or a beech nut machine yeah. for that chewing gum. You'd put in your two pence and out would come one. Beech nut. That's beech right. Nut. It was beech nut ch- chewing gum. Do you remember it? I yeah? remember, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you time. remember things like that, and you remember, you remember go-go dancers and dances like the mashed I used to live with go-go dancers. Did you? I used to, when I first moved up to London, I went to work in uh, Richmond. I auditioned at Cheeky Pete's, and he was. Oh. And, uh, and they used to have, next to the, next to the DJ's box, because you overlook the dance floor, there were two big circles, and it had lights in the base and lights in the top bit, and the girls danced on it wearing sparkly bikinis, and you go, and here we have Diane and Angela, and uh, they would be dancing to the sensational Alex Harvey Band's <laughs> Faith Healer or something, and, and they would dance, and all the men would stand there looking up at these go-go dancers on platforms. <laughs> it was fabulous. I kid you not. <laughs> Best well, years of my life. <laughs> You've got to go down to the arts theatre then and see this, because there's a, there's a choreographer called Bill Deemer who's uh, directed this, and uh, he 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 absolutely knows how these dances, you know, were done. Then mm. somehow or other, he's got this kind of strange link to another period, and it just looks amazing. It's like you know the younger generation on the Rolf Harris mm, show, yes. that sort of thing. Oh, in fact, and strange enough, we had a, a girl who used to work on LBC, who used to work on Blue Peter, Leslie Judd, who was a member of the second generation. We had the we had the, the young generation, then the, the second generation. generation. The second Really? Oh, yeah. I remember all the... Da- I wanted to be a dancer when I was younger. You wanted to well, be a yeah, pans well, person. I did want to be a pans person. A pans person? Well, they, they audition for pans, pans people. people. And I auditioned oh, pans- with Flick Colby. Well, here's your chance, Steve. I mean, mm. you know, get along there and see if, uh, if Sue Pollard's off, you could slip on instead of her. <laughs> this is at the arts, isn't it? Uh, at the arts, yes. Lovely yeah. little theatre, isn't it? It's a great theatre, but the thing is, the show's, you know, it's got this... The script, really, is just not quite up to the songs, you know? I mean, here's great songwriting, but script writing that doesn't really hold it all together. And I think that's such a shame because everybody works so fantastically hard. I mean, Sue Pollard absolutely shows that she's not just dopey old that girl from mm. Heidi High, you know, but she can really belt out a number. Like well, she gives 150%. Oh, I know, it's like Ethel Merman from Nottingham, you yes, know. Yeah. And, um, and the other three girls... <laughs> Ethel Shona Merman White. from Nottingham? <laughs> Well, she comes from Nottingham. Oh, does she? <laughs> Not Ethel Merman. Too Pollard, for goodness sake. <laughs> I remember seeing Ethel Merman in, in the film Airplane. Oh, oh yes. Fabulous. Well, she was so <laughs> funny in that. There's and no was... business like. Yes. Sorry. What was that other? It's a mad, 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 mad world. She oh, was yes. in that, actually. Yes. Being, yeah, being absolutely over the top. Happy days. Happy days. <laughs> Happy days. But you've got three girls in this. I've got to mention them because they are fantastic. Shona White, Tiffany Grayson, and Marissa Dunlop. I mean, absolutely brilliant performances. Yeah. And it's just good fun, you know, just to go and see all those, um, all those clothes. I don't know where they store all those 1960s frocks and miniskirts. And, and, Angels, uh, I should imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Berman and Nathans. <laughs> They've probably got tons of them. 
The only thing is, I missed the hand jive. I thought maybe they, they ought to do a bit. But then some of those dances, they do, they did use their hands a lot, didn't they? They did. The, the yeah. hand jive came in a bit later. I think you'll find the hand jive was well, in the 70s. In the 70s? Well, there was a song called Willie and the Hand Jive. Well, what da, about da, da, the, way down, Willie. the clapping song? Where, where, when that was, was that? Shirley Ellis. That would have been mid sixties, indeed. Was that, that was three six nine? The goose drank wine. Right. The monkey. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. God, I tell yes. you, we have a little bit of a nostalgia moment this morning on the program. Oh yes, and you, you know, it's it's um it's two hours of, of pure nostalgia at the Arts Theatre, um in a in a in a show that uh, that really actually reminds you that 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 ten years that mm. decade of the sixties. Um, was actually very bright and, uh, oh. and and fun for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. um, and especially for young people, you know. Oh, and, um, I had a ma- you know. I remember doing my hair in the early sixties, which used to be fairly long at the time, and it was fairly fine. So I used to use a setting lotion, and you would spray oh. the setting lotion on and then comb it through. Unfortunately, in this particular case, the comb got stuck halfway through. And, <laughs> and, and and the thing set. It's still there. It's still set with the comb in it, so I'm kind of <laughs> stuck in this situation. So I ended up having to rip it out, which pulled out a lot of my hair and was the start of a very depressing evening, I have to tell you. So then a friend of mine who was a hairdresser said, I'll give you a body perm. So he gave me a body perm, which was to make f- fine hair look a bit more, and you put rollers in it. And I quite liked the effect, so he permed it again... And it frizzed, and I had to go and buy an afro comb in the market. I ended up looking like a lavatory brush. <laughs> no, and I've got photos. I do look like a lavatory brush upside down, because I couldn't comb my hair or do anything. We have them on the website, please. I look like something that I feel shaft. <laughs> if I was black, I, I could have been anything. I just looked... Shaft is more Unbelievable. Like it. it was funny. Hilarious. But we, we love the 60s. We love it. So it needs a better yeah. story, does it? It needs a better story. Yeah. It needs a better script. It, it, you know that, that lives up, as I said, to the songs and also to the uh, to the artist. But you know, it's all that really. What you're talking about, you know, yeah. and Mary Quant and boutiques and Bieber. Carnaby Street and, uh, and and it's just very, very. It's it's fab, I suppose, isn't it? Fab. Good. That was a word from that period. F A B. Fab. Actually, it was used oh. all the time because there was a lolly that came out, an ice cream That's called right, Fab. Hundreds of thousands. On hundreds it. of thousands on it. Yes. It was a Fab Two Hundred Eight. Yes, there was a what? magazine called Fab. Fab Two Hundred Eight because it was linked to a radio station. Hmm. Ah, that's And so you could send off, I think, some of the rappers and get back a, a free seven-inch, which my mother course, never let me course. have. So, you know, we'll see if it, 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 Well, no, not with hair like yours. No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, that, no, that was only last week. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the hair. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for that, Roger. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, fab. Fab talking to you. Fab Far talking out. to you. Groovy. Groovy. <laughs> Groovy. Groovy to you too. Bye. Okay, have a nice time. Roger Foss there. <laughs> Well, actually, we'll give details, because he's, he's got a, a new website starting, and you can uh, check out all the shows online. I can imagine, a friend of mine, is, I mentioned earlier, is doing pantomime with Sue Pollard. Chris Jarvis is doing pantomime. Oh, he's, he? he's got no idea what's about <laughs> to hit him, poor soul. Uh, now, I must mention, not, not that I'm one for sort of uh, mentioning, but we mentioned gala pie earlier on, and I said that they made the eggs in gala pie as a long tube. And uh, what they do is, the the yolk is separated from the white... The yolks are poured into a long tube-shaped mould, which is then cooked. The hard yolk is removed from the mould, put inside a larger tube-shaped mould, and the egg whites are poured around the outside. The whole thing is then cooked again to harden the whites, and that's then removed, thus producing one very long hard-boiled egg and a picnic pie. 
uh, is commonly available for smaller three to five inches. But a gala pie is made up of several eggs. So there you go. So that's the that's how they make the gala pie. And that's why every time you take a slice of it, you get a piece of egg in there. But it's made in a long tube. And you boil it for five hours with Brussels sprouts. Whatever it is. Don't start on my Brussels sprouts. <laughs> uh, I must tell you that Roger's uh, website goes live on May the 11th. We'll put a link on the blog uh, on, on the day that it actually goes live. And then you can check it out and put it into your, uh, into your computer. We're going to take a short break. Was there any more humble pie you wanted to eat this morning, Mr No, Savory? but I've definitely <laughs> had one with the end of the egg in it, so I know that they don't always make yes, them like this. Yes, because, of course, as it comes out of the tube, they just shape the little end round there. Yes, of course they do. Yes, nobody believes me, do they? No. 27 minutes to 7 is the time. Uh, Avril Morning, she says, Bella Remberg is a lady rattling. I told you we were all mad, she says. Actually, I thought I sent an email. I can't make the 17th. They've got a spring... Uh, a spring party, and I would have loved to have gone, but I can't, unfortunately. I thought I sent that. Sorry, that's my fault. Uh, with these sports, you've got your hands in your pockets already because it's so cold <laughs> here, isn't it? It is cold. See, so I'm glad it's not just me. I don't want people to think I'm being whingy or something like that, but I'm frozen to death, so I'm going to go and put a, put a jumper on, I think, while we have the sports news with our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. It is uh, advantage Manchester United after the first leg of their Champions League semi-final against Arsenal, but they uh, failed to finish off the Gunners at Old Trafford. United won 1-0, but missed chances to extend that lead ahead of Tuesday's return in North London. Defender John O'Shea was the unlikely match winner, celebrating turning 28 today with the only goal. It's a little, uh, it's a little early birthday present for me. Uh, I have to dedicate that one to my dad because he's been having a tough time of late, so uh, I'm sure this will cheer him up a bit. Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger was unhappy with his side, failing to create many chances to score an away goal, but insists they can still turn the tie around at the Emirates. Formula One teams will find out today details of a revised budget cap aimed at keeping the sport in business. It's expected they won't be allowed to spend more than £30 million next season, so all the teams can continue to run cars and make it more competitive. It should help new teams like Braun GP. Chief Executive Nick Fry says it hasn't been easy to achieve their early success. The situation is secure, certainly for this year. Um, obviously, at the moment, we're working on uh, you know, sponsorship for the future. John Higgins beat Mark Selby 13-12 to reach the semi-finals of the World Sneaker Championships in a thrilling final frame decider in Sheffield last night. Higgins will now play Mark Allen, whilst Neil Robertson beat the world number two Stephen Maguire at 13-8. And next faces Sean Murphy. Today's the last day for England's contracted cricketers to play in the Indian Premier League. O.A. Shah and Paul Collingwood hope to be in action for the Delhi Daredevils as they take on the Deccan Chargers, although neither featured in the last match. Ricky Hatton is promising to silence his critics this weekend. The hitman's preparing for his upcoming bout with Manny Pacquiao in Las Vegas and feels like he's been written off before he's even started. But he's not going to let that bother him. I think you've all made your mind up already. But that doesn't scare me. I've been here before. It's overhyped, overprotected, fat, beer-drinking Englishman. He's going to shot the world again. And there are five domestic race meetings today. They go at Folkestone, Hereford, Huntingdon, Redcar and Yarmouth. And in Ireland, the Punchestown Festival is into day three. God save us from Ricky Hatton. I'm so bored with Ricky Hatton. I really <laughs> am. Honestly, I wish he stays in Vegas because it's fighting over there. Well, I think if he loses this one, that's, that's it for him. Really? I was, I would have well, he, he's apparently designed a bathroom in his house. He's, uh, according to the papers yesterday, he's, he's, he's upgrading his house from £750,000 to £3 million. I saw that, yeah. He's yeah, actually yeah. designed the bar. I'm thinking, yeah, right, of course you have to. <laughs> Coloured in the pictures. <laughs> God, blimey. Uh, anyway, as this goes out, says Alex, uh, we'll be on our way to the airport heading to Dublin. This means Mr Blacker is on his own tomorrow, and I expect results, but not totals, as I'll update on Monday. So yesterday... Yeah. 
wasn't very good. It was wasn't, it? Was wasn't it? very good. Out of 13 running, your horse wandered round the course by itself, <laughs> taking a few photographs and doing drawings, because it came in 12th. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, how it even qualified as a racehorse is beyond most of us. Uh, they're getting worse. This is they, are, they are getting absolutely appalled. I mean, do you pick them because they've got three legs or well, what? I've, what if I've, cause I've had a bad run recently. I've started just to try and get a bit desperate and just... Go for different methods. It, it, uh, I thought I'm going to go back to basics. Yes. It would have been easier if the jockey had picked up the horse and walked <laughs> round with it. <laughs> it probably back did. to basics, actually choose a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think we are picking donkeys off the beach at Bridlington at the moment. Because they're just hopeless. Our ones just... The moment they're actually picked, because all the, all the jockeys listen, and they've got it fed into the stables, the moment a horse is picked, it goes back to bed again, because there's no point. It must, it's not like I'm picking random outsiders, no. even. They, you know, there's decent money going on these horses. Although, I mean... Even even, even Alex picked Rose Diamond. That was third out of eight, so he lost two pounds. £34.21, you're £26.54, I'm afraid. So, today's selection, the 505 at Folkestone, Annabelle's Charm. OK. Win only. What do you fancy? I'm going to Yarmouth, six o'clock, Mutheeb. Mutheeb. OK, Mutheeb. And we've also got a Friday selection here as well. Which is, well, it's tomorrow Friday. I'm losing track of where I am. It, it, is, yes. it, it is, yes. It is Friday. Friday I'm here. Yes. So 3, oh. 3.20 at Lingfield, Major Phil. Yes, Thursday you're here. You're quite right. Thank you for that. <laughs> so right. Annabelle's Charm, 505 <laughs> Folkestone, and yours is... Uh, six o'clock, Yarmouth, Mutheeb. Right. OK, we'll put them up on the website. Mm-hmm. Although why, I've got no <laughs> so idea. It's a mystery to all of us. It's just fills in a gap. So you can know what not to back. <laughs> well, you never know. We might have a winner over this weekend. <laughs> wow. You never know. Stranger things have <laughs> Wouldn't All put right. money on that. No, I wouldn't put money on it either. <laughs> Phil, thank you very much. Thank you. Sports editor Phil Blacker is back with Nick Ferrari this morning. The special guest is Sir Michael Caine, talking about this excellent film, part of it done at the Magic Circle. Mm-hmm. Cool. Actually, I've got to sort out the Magic Circle, because if you You've remember... Got to sort them out. I've got to sort them out, actually. <laughs> but I, don't, I can't remember who I'm going to be talking to, because uh, their, their subscription rate runs... What do we do now? May to May. Right. Well, I rejoined back in... November. So, of course, I paid for a year, but now they've asked for more money. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm only five months in. I should have another seven months credits. So I don't know how we're going to work that one out. But anyway, we'll, otherwise, well, nobody pay them for another five months. Then you get a year. Yeah, but I don't know how they work that price out. So I have, have to go back to somebody. Yesterday, they were saying in the mirror that they're going to um, axe people from this morning. When you read the story, you discover it's a bit of a non-starter. Because they've said here, Chris Steele and Denise Robertson told of their fear of the axe. He said he got a call from bosses yesterday confirming the Mirror's exclusive story. The daytime show was facing a massive shake-up. What he actually got a phone call from was somebody there saying, nothing to worry about at all. Uh, If you've read the Daily Mirror, don't worry. Because they're all contributors to those show. They might cut back on fees, that's quite normal. But they're certainly not axing Denise and, uh, and Chris Steele. Or, in fact, anybody else, even Phil Vickery, has said that, uh, you know, he's, he's more than confident of another contract. And uh, Alison Hammond and everybody else. But they do think they might cut back on the amount of people in the, uh, in the back. Because they've got 25 production staff on any one day. And that's five cameramen, three assistants and a gallery of editors. That's double the number used on Loose Women. And to be honest with you, you can do it cheaper. I know that they say, well, you can't. But believe you me, you can if they, if they went back to them and said, listen, we're going to cut it in half, and they get, well, we can't do it, say, all right, we'll close it down completely. They'll do it. Of course they will. People won't. just need to be told. Paul. Steve, a detective was arrested for robbing a bank without a mask, using his police-issue pistol, and making his getaway in an unmarked police car. CCTV of the raid led straight to police. Sergeant 
Jürgen Richter, who allegedly stole £8,000 from the bank in Baden-Württemberg in Germany. Police spokesman said um, he had severe financial problems and wanted to solve them quickly. But there are other ways of dealing with financial problems, and he, of all people, should have known that crime really does not pay. Another colleague said he might as well have just walked into the bank, told him his name, and told them where the police could find him <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> you get some dumb people. You really do, I'm afraid. Bit sad. I don't know if you've been reading the, uh, the Mirror. They, they seem to have got behind DJ Talent, uh, who was on Britain's Got Talent. Uh, he's another one who's made up, actually. All his friends at school have been saying he wasn't like this at all. He had his teeth done some years ago. Mm-hmm. He uh, claims to have paid £7,000 for these gold gnashes. Uh, I don't know where he thinks he's going. He's a bit of a waste of space, unfortunately. And as to his claims that he's uh, bedded a number of women in four figures, he said, don't be so ridiculous, he still lives at home with his mummy and daddy. So quite <laughs> clearly he doesn't. So, another one. But as I they really say, don't like gold teeth at the front. Oh, I don't. I think mm. it does look a little bit naff, I'm afraid. Um, uh, anything else? Uh, in the papers today. We'll come round to a little bit later. I did mention that that convict, convicted, and he, he said, I'm not wearing an orange vest because... Oh, yes, Jim... Uh, um, David Dickinson. David Dickinson. I said the other week on the programme I'd watched Dickinson's Real Deal. Now, I'm not a fan of David Dickinson at all. I find him a bit I oily. I don't get that programme at all. Do you not get it? No. I wish... The trouble is, somebody goes in there and they go, oh, look, I've got this, it's a mobile phone, and then some dealer, and I thought they looked particularly ropey. The people they had on there, I wouldn't go to uh, any of them. one, talk about Campus Christmas. There is, is this the one with all the, the jewellery? Ian, yes. I think his name is. Anybody less like an Ian. But anyway, they have these people on there, and then they go, I'd like to offer you, uh, I'll put £40 down on the table for this item. And then David Dickinson hoves into view, looking like the proverbial oil slick, and goes, actually, I think that's worth more. And you think, well, what's the point of having the programme? Yeah. The old programme is that the, these dealers, as everybody knows, will be looking for the best price because they want to make a profit. That's right. And if it, go- if it goes to auction, you, you find out whether they've made a profit or not in a, above what the dealers offer them. Uh. But if the dealer buys it, you never know what's happened to it. Yes, they, they do all. actually tell you. Do they? Yes, not, at the end of the programme. Not always. Not always, but they do say, luckily, so-and-so managed to sell this and made a £10 profit or whatever. But ever since I complained about the, the so-called experts on there who looked like they'd wandered out of backstreet shops and looked a bit dodgy to me, they've changed them. They've, they, they, they've kept a little bit of Ian in, but most of them now are wearing smart suits, they're very well-spoken, and they've tried to change the programme as quickly as possible. Mainly because these sort of... I wouldn't... You know, they go to... How much you pay for that? Give me 20 quid. And you look at it and think, well, I wouldn't want to go to somebody like you at all. Now they've got people in who look like they've moved out of Bond Street. More mm. interesting, but I was, David Dickinson again keeps interrupting. Yes, I, I don't like that programme at all. And, you see, I'm not somebody that dislikes David Dickinson. I liked him on uh, Bargain Hunt. Yes. But, um... I'm sick to death of some of these so-called experts. Cash in the Attic, they have this irritating little man who comes from Blackpool, I think, and he stands in quite clearly swatted up the day before on this stuff. You can just tell. Uh, Who's been evicted? Uh, The man with the zzz factor. This is somebody called Nurul Chowdhury. Another boring little twerp off The Apprentice, I'm afraid, who even the papers said, you know, is dull, dull, dull. So there you go. Now go back from wherever you came from probably uh, in school, because he's a teacher, and they say, can he really be as dull in real life? The answer is, yes, he is. He says, I'm eccentric in the way I dress. No, you're not. You've got a very big ego. Actually, talking of big egos, I remember, I was only thinking the other day, actually, my very good friend Johnny, uh, from down there, used to walk through our office being very loud. Very loud. All of a sudden, he's not as loud 
So, obviously, it has some effect on it. And I said to him the other day, I said, come on, give us an old hug. So, we do the old sort of group hugs and, you know, holding hands and things like that. But uh, he's definitely a lot quieter than he used to be. Is he? A lot quieter. I quite like that, actually. What a dull day. Look out the window. What a horrible, mizzy day. Hope it doesn't rain. Good for the garden. My hair gets wet again. I'm going to be furious. This is LBC 97.3.3. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 11 minutes to 7. Good news is that as more people are hit by the recession, the visitor numbers to museums and galleries are up, 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 because it's free, and we've always recommended. If you want a free day out, go to somewhere like the Wallace Collection, go to the V&A, go to the Science Museum. The They're fantastic. They're really, they've got such good exhibitions and at the moment. And v of course, have got the Theatre Museum. Yes. Now. Which is, and they've got, so it's a really, really, really good exhibition. And it's free. It's free. Go there, you'll discover a whole new world. If you can force yourself to buy a cup of tea in the... Uh, in the in the buffet area of the V&A. It's fabulous. They do really good food. They've got hot food, cold food, sandwiches. Sounds like an advert for the V&A, but I promise you, it's, it's free and it's all our stuff, which is good. Teachers are being invited to attend courses now on effective hand-washing. Apparently, teachers don't know how to wash their hands, so they're going to be told... <laughs> Quite ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Obviously, we have a very low opinion of teachers. Pathetic. It is pathetic, pathetic, isn't it? I mean, it's as, it's as daft as you can... Possibly make it. Paul. The Yorkshireman woke up a new man after a brain operation <laughs> with a strong Irish accent. Hi, you. Chris Gregory, who's 30, sat up in his hospital bed and sang a stirring rendition of Daddy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr Gregory, who's Sheffield-born and bred, had spent three days on a life support machine before he came around. For the next half hour, he amazed relatives with his broad Gaelic lilt. <laughs> but the next day, his own Yorkshire accent was back. Now, Mrs Gregory said, not, not the same person, this is his wife, I couldn't believe it when I walked in on the ward and heard someone singing Danny Boy really loud. It sounded like a drunken Irishman and all the rackets seemed to be coming from the direction of Chris's bed. I thought to myself, it can't possibly be him, but when I pulled back the curtains, Chris was sitting up in bed, belting out the tune with all the words and a thick Irish accent, <laughs> like he'd grown up in Dublin and lived I there love, all his life. I love that, you see. I think that's <laughs> such a nice story. <laughs> Mr Gregory had the emergency surgery at Sheffield's Royal Hallamshire Hospital in December 2007 after a blood vessel ruptured in his brain. He's now back at work and said, I just don't remember a thing about it. I wish I'd been able to listen to it at all. But I don't have any recollection of what happened when I came around. There you go. Can happen to any of us. Can happen to any of us. Uh, strange enough, Brian Reed, writing in the Mirror today, is talking about Susan Boyle again. He said she's done something. He said that Robbie Williams has been trying for the past God knows how many years. She's made it in America on YouTube and he's still struggling around, she say. Uh, desperately moping around his L.A. mansion for the past decade, waiting for America to recognise the phenomenon in their midst. Not happening. And the big five questions of the week, well, one of them, Donna Kebab Pot Noodle. Have we finally, he says, found a combination more sick-inducing than Grant Bovey and Anthea Turner? <laughs> Not nice. What an insult to Pot Noodle. And um, the couple film getting married during the London Marathon. Will they allow cameras to follow them in their 100-metre dash to the divorce courts? And David Attenborough... Is he really good enough to win eight BAFTAs for getting a camera crew to film more boring versions of animals do the funniest things? He's the only person who can do it. I remember when they brought in this woman to start filming gorillas. And, uh, and I remember thinking, they're trying to find a replacement for Attenborough. You'll never find a replacement for Attenborough. He is, he is the past master of doing it. 
Uh, Issy Bond used to sing a song called My Yiddish Mama. Yes. My Yiddish Mama. Uh, Fanny Bragg sang it as well, didn't she? Oh, really? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Carrie Ann told me that. And they're off to the Queen's Theatre tomorrow night to see Noises Off. What a lovely theatre. Yes, we should go there. We should go there one day again. Uh, my mum came back from Whitstable. She said it was lovely. Uh, it sounds like the kind of place. Reminds her of the village in Doc Martin. Whitstable. In Ke- because that, that's where Alan was going the other day. Was it really? Whitstable, yeah. I can't remember why he was going to Whitstable. I think he was going... Cause Did I he said, know? Sorry? Did he know? I don't think he knew either, mm. strangely enough. Um, Suzette in Roehampton says, I'm going to Leicester Square to check on some discount theatre tickets. Make sure you only go to the official half-price ticket booth in the middle of Leicester Square. Not any of the ones that say half-price ticket booth. They are not. The only official one is the one in the middle, directly opposite our building. Anybody else is telling porky pies. All right. And make sure you get there early enough. Yeah. Because I got there at uh, ten past seven the other night. Yes. Closed. And, yes. Also, you can't find these online. Uh, that, that's why you have to turn up for them. That's right. Unfortunately, even though you're over 60 and your husband's in a wheelchair, you, you have to turn up for They don't do them any other way, I'm afraid, and they're generally tickets for that day's performance. But the only, and I feel like shouting to all the people down this alley here, these, this is not the half-price ticket booth. The only official one is the big one in the middle of the square, directly opposite our front door. Anybody else is telling you fibs. Paul. Steve, Australian authorities were dumbfounded after a live shark was dumped on the doorstep of a newspaper office. A passerby alerted police in Victoria that a shark was lying at the front door of the town's standard newspaper. Uh, when they arrived and poured some water on it just to see if it was still breathing, it kicked around for a little while, said Constable Jared Dwyer, who said the shark was about two foot four inches long. Mr Dwyer said they took the shark to the town's breakwater in a borrowed bucket of water and released it to the sea. The fish was identified as a Port Jackson shark which is regarded as harmless to humans, except for two dorsal spines reputed to be venomous. Lovely. Let's find that on your doorstep. Exactly. Avril says, talking of shout, there's another happening like the Liverpool Street Station. Do you remember the uh, the dancing? Yes. Oh, why has somebody just taken a picture of me? Why are you taking a picture of me? That could appear somewhere rude online. You've got a new camera. Is it a new camera? It's just (laughs) testing it. (laughs) Oh, just test it. Okay. So, do you remember the Liverpool Station thing for the vote for yes. the dancing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. loved it. Well, apparently, six p.m. Trafalgar Square tonight. Remember, you heard it first on this program. Mm. And Avril says, "I used to be a go-go dancer and work with the second generation." Ha <laughs> ha! Now we know. And uh, a piece here from the Express that says, "Does Simon Cowell actually understand the show he's fronting?" As reports surface that Catherine Zeta-Jones wants to play the part of the hairy angel in a film about Susan Boyle, and Boyle gets a decent haircut and prepares to take advantage of the opportunities opening up, the Buffon one declares, get yourself together, sweetheart, for the big one, the semi-final. Come back as who you are, not who you want to be. Uh, isn't the point of Britain's Got Talent that it provides opportunities for reinvention? The answer is, yes, of course. Yes, of course. Oh, and good news reaches us from America. Uh, blabbermouth butler... Paul Burrell's hopes of striking it rich have fizzled out. His wine has been removed from a supermarket because they haven't sold very much of it. And uh, his other business is not doing very well either. This is the man who sold the Princess of Wales down the river, I'm afraid, far from being a confidant and a rock, and we've never heard evidence of that, apart from him telling us. Uh, perhaps it'll just disappear completely. Nasty piece of work. That's but the good right. news is, drinking half a glass of wine a day can add five years to your life. 
You're going to live forever. I'm going to live forever based on this one. <laughs> You've got to be over 50, so that's cool, isn't it? And two glasses of wine or beer or two shots of spirits can give you two more years. Well, I'm just getting better by the minute. Fantastic. So in other words, actually, it's not true. The more you drink, the, more, the longer you live. But it does seem like that, doesn't it? If you drink half a glass of wine a day, you could add five years to your life. Or if you drink a whole So glass. in other words, if you, if you do a month's work, you can lift about nine, 900 or something, are you? And can you do a month's work all in one day? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How strange. How strange. Uh, the Apprentice Lothario Philip Taylor, I've got no idea who he is, was rejected by a girl producer on the show before he started gay- dating co-star. They're des- I didn't know anybody was watching The Apprentice anymore, I'm afraid. It has to be said, I, I, I thought the whole thing had kind of fizzled out a little bit because we're all talking about Susan Blooming Boyle. Uh, just finally and quickly, uh, a lot of you tell me about uh, pasties uh, and another one here. Uh, but, but, but. Why can't we have the alcohol wash in schools like they do in hospitals? Because we well, had they're that removing all the time. them. Remember, we we talked about this. They're removing yes. them from hospitals because people are drinking them. That's that's right. I've <laughs> seen the strangest thing. The strangest orange thing there. juice. And Sandy says, "I've got a photo of you sent from Gough Square many years ago." I can't say anything at all about that. I can only apologise. Paul, thank you very much. You're welcome. We have to leave the studio because, frankly, any longer in here and hypothermia would set in. So I've decided to go outside because it's warmer in the corridors. We've got the bath cubes. Don't forget, you want to find out anything about swine flu, then if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, there's all the details on there, all the questions, all the answers you will ever need. And if you go to the same website, you can find out about podcasting, you can read the blogs, you can have a look at gorgeous pictures of the presenters here, some of whom have been airbrushed. I'm not at liberty to mention which particular ones have been, but I'm here to tell you that it's not me. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Obviously. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Special guest in conversation this week is Anita Harris. She's at the New End Theatre at the moment in a lovely piece about Gertrude Lawrence. Back with you tomorrow. Paul, see you soon. Thank you very much indeed. After the news... Special guest Sir Michael Caine. Nick Ferrar is here with breakfast on 97.3. It was a fine morning.